Today, I interviewed my longtime blogging friend, Sadie, from Simply Sadie Jane, about her story of finding self-love through mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy, and how she's helped so many other women and even children to find the same. Sadie shares some really personal stuff about her journey to find self-love and overcoming some pretty rough times with addiction to food, relationships, prescription pills, and how she's learned to be present and be still. Okay, you guys, I am super excited to bring on to the podcast one of my dear old blogging friends. Not that you're old, Sadie. You're younger (laughs) than me. But a friend that I've known for a long time, Sadie from Simply Sadie Jane. And so excited to have you on the podcast today, Sadie. I am so stoked. So grateful to be here. I met you at Pinner's Conference many years ago, maybe like six years ago. Yeah, and I'm trying to think what year it was. I just remember I went to your presentation and listened to you speak, and I was like, "This girl is dynamic. She is. She has really, really impactful things to share." And I just loved you from the moment that I heard your mouth move. So, oh, I love you. And that was before the days of Insta stories, before we yeah. really knew people's personalities the way we do now. So it was really cool to just hear you speak and hear your story. So anyway, before we jump too much into that, tell everyone who you are and what you're up to. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm great. So grateful to be here. And Corinne and I, I feel like it takes us way back at the time of the conference. And I just, I'll always, I'll never forget like front row you, and I didn't even really know who you were and just like the influence you've had in my life. And I'm so grateful that we we're still friends from far away. Yes. We live in California now. But yeah, I have been in this blogging game for a long time. I started technically blogging and when I first got married in 2008. And then I, it's evolved. It's evolved as my life has evolved. And I was a labor and deliver nurse for five years. And right. I talked about that on my blog. Yeah. And I kind of started with like, just, well, I started as a family blog and then I started sharing more about my life. And then I saw that people were doing this for people that didn't know them. And I thought, I felt very called. I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So I started sharing more and eventually it led me to sharing about pieces of my life that I felt were vulnerable, but they really weren't. It was about my struggle with my weight after I had my second baby and how I lost it. And it kind of started changing the dialogue on my blog for women to share their struggles. And then after I lost all that weight, I was still not happy. And it kind of was a shocker for me. And I was really, really lost. And in the midst of, you know, not finding my worth in my pant size and the scale. And, um, I had lost 80 pounds and I was just as miserable at 120 pounds as I was at 220 pounds. And I didn't understand like where I needed to go. And on top of that, struggling with developing body dysmorphia. And then I was so eager. I was so anxious and so like obsessed with keeping the weight off. I became addicted to prescription drugs and I was just so lost. And then around that same time, I moved to Utah. From Idaho. From Idaho. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I was like safe in Idaho. You know, I was a blogger. I was able to share what I needed to, but like, like you said, like there wasn't, I wasn't really super into, I mean, I had maybe, I don't know. It wasn't a lot on Instagram, a lot of followers anyway. So I just became more and more lost and around that same time as well. Um, I had a brother who took his life and just a lot of things kind of compiled on top of each other on top of things that I had not dealt with false beliefs that had been 
imprinted in my mind from childhood. And it's just kind of came all crashing down because I wasn't safe anymore. You know, I was mm-hmm. invited to like model and do all these different things. And I was just, my worth was not there. So at that same time, and you know, I think there's a big piece of this too, where I remember learning that I was a daughter of God my whole life and not really knowing, not really understanding really what that was. And I think that that had a lot to do with my lack of worth. And so I found hypnotherapy around that same time and I found yoga and it, and I mean, to make a really long story shorter, (laughs) uh, it changed my life and it changed the dialogue as to where I wanted to share. And it was my, I, I mean, as I went through that evolution, it became my mission to share that with women, to share that foundation. Cause that's where foundation comes. And then it's the fitness and then it's, um, improving your body or giving your body the gift of moving it or oxygen, you know, giving your body that oxygen or whatever it is. So in that really, really dark time in my life, I wasn't going to have any more kids. I just didn't know. I didn't know. And everything was around me, but I had kind of abandoned God for a little bit. And I just kind of was so obsessed with how I looked and my weight and, um, through that healing process, through that education, through that, I mean, all the books I read and I went through yoga, yoga teacher training and I went through and I did hypnotherapy and all those beautiful moments made it so I could have another baby. And I have my beautiful Henry who is two now Mm -hmm. and it's my mission now. I, it's just completely turned 180 and it's not just about fitness. It's about your soul. It's about healing healing things in your mind and, and knowing that you can heal them yourself. And I now have courses and, you know, all those things. So. Wow. So it's really cool to hear that all kind of just in one piece. Cause I feel like sometimes we hear little bits and pieces from you, but it's cool to hear it all together. So, so let's bring it back a little bit before that. Do you feel like, I know you have kind of a unique family background and do you feel like that, you know, contributed to some of the struggles that you went through or maybe even some of the compassion that you have now? I like, I would love to touch on that for a minute. Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up and a lot of the time in my adulthood, I think that's why it got harder for me. I think I used, I used to play the victim a lot and it started with looking back at my childhood and being so bitter. Um, Mm -hmm. my mom had eight kids and then my dad left and my mom remarried and he had six kids and there was a family of 14 of us. And (sighs) it was, it was a lot. And, you know, there was a lot of really great moments, but I remember feeling just like a lot of, a lot of sadness. And just because of the dynamics that come with having 14 kids, you know, there's only, it's just, there's, and you know, I think some people, I think another thing about sharing, it's hard to share about childhood situations Mm -hmm. because it's going to be different for everybody. And it's all about your different perspective, you know? And so it's really, it's a part of my journey. That's such a pivotal piece, but I am very careful because of that specific reason, you know, and my truth isn't going to be the same as my parents or my siblings or whatever. Mm -hmm. So understanding that looking back to where, how I felt back when, before, when I was playing the victim, I, you know, didn't feel like, I just felt like, I just felt alone. I felt I just felt alone and I struggled with that a lot. There was a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of things happening and I found comfort in food and I 
I just feel like, I just feel like I had so much bitterness in my heart until I learned that it was up to me. Mm-hmm. Like it was my choice to see what I had had and, and what I had been given. And because of that, like it, it made me bitter for a long time. And then that bitterness kind of just like layered on top of each other so that it just made it worse. And then I was just like more and more bitter about different situations, or I would look at it in like how like rose colored glasses, or I would just be so upset about things that happened when, you know, you, instead of, instead of looking at it and being like, I wouldn't change any of that for the world because it's made me who I am. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. But I absolutely think Corinne, those those parts, those really difficult, hard parts in my childhood have made me who I am. And I wouldn't take those back at all, but it shaped me and they're hard. And like I said, it's hard to talk about publicly, but, but it was a lot of just feeling lonely. Yeah. Well, I actually, so that's an important piece of the puzzle. And then I just want to talk to you about I do want to get to the solution. That's really important and where you found that. But I want to talk to you about how you got like kind of entangled in the prescription drug thing because that's such a common thing for women. And I just want to like kind of shed some light on that because I think in my experience with addiction and the addiction in my family here with Neil is different, but it has typically has similar themes that like when we like to say that secrets are the lifeblood of addiction and Mm -hmm. so putting that out into the light really helps Mm -hmm. take it away for people it helps Mm -hmm. them to not feel isolated and just like Mm -hmm. what you were saying a second ago feel alone so I just want to hear a little bit about how that even became a part of your life well it's interesting because I had a very close family member go through a rehab center just recently. And I got to share some moments at that center. And we talk a lot about, and I've learned a lot about this as I've learned, you know, through my journey and through just like addictive personalities and even just like any kind of addiction, because all of us, all of us struggle with some kind of addiction, whether it's minor or major, and it all comes from that root problem, right? That root cause. So for me, I think I growing up, I started with like in a food addiction because I felt so much comfort in it because it was always there. And so I always knew that like, if I went to the pantry and found that it would like, it made me feel better. Mm-hmm. And so, but it, but only momentarily. Right. And then it would go away and then I'd have to come back. And that's where kind of like my weight loss struggle started is because I was just always finding comfort instead of, instead of allowing myself to feel what I felt or allowing yeah. myself to talk to somebody about it or allowing myself to go through or use even tools that I've learned now as, as an adult, I just would mask and I just would cover up stuff Mm -hmm. by eating. And then that wasn't enough once I went and got into high school. So I, I dubbed this as like, quote unquote, daddy issues (laughs) with like lack of a better term, but I just wanted to find, I, it was what it is, is current. I was just like grasping at things to, to fill voids of like feeling loved. Yep. I wanted to feel loved and I wanted it to be like easy. I just wanted to people, people to like love me in my way, yep. which is impossible if you're not communicating and as an adolescent, right? And with different dynamics of like the of parents traveling or, or stepkids or, or molding that, or even like di- uh, dynamics of different religions or different things that are coming into that family dynamic. Right. So 
that turned into like, I remember the very first time I like, like I made out with a guy and it was like, oh my gosh, he like, he really likes Mm -hmm. me. The validation. The validation. I was like, oh, I finally have somebody who just like sees me for who I am and really likes me. Mm -hmm. And it put me in really, really scary situations to the point where I had some guys take advantage of the situation. And yet I was so desperate that it scared me, but it also like, just, I just felt like this is what I want. Like, this is the love that I want to feel. So I, you know, I put myself in those situations and I loved having attention from men, from guys, from, from whoever it is, from boyfriends or dates or whoever it was. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of stemmed, it's like another piece of the story as like, I was supposed to rodeo in high school, like my senior year, I was actually rodeoing. I was supposed to be like this all-star team captain. I was supposed to go to college for my rodeo. And I quit because I saw very clear, like God, throughout all this, I have to say too, like God has been so, he's been so watchful. Like all of my angels, like I've been through some heavy, really heavy stuff and some really awful things have happened. But also I feel like I've been so watched over because he like knew he was like always had my back. And when, when this was happening, I remember one specific time I got drunk and I had sex with a guy I didn't know. And I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I went and I like talked to my bishop about it. And I was like, you know what? I just need to quit rodeo because I felt like I was just like, it was just a space where I was like losing all control. Mm -hmm. And it was an interesting situation to go through as a 17 year old, because it would have been so much easier for me to stay. Cause I had, I got so much backlash and I hurt a lot of people in the process. Cause I was just so scared, but that's like a whole nother story. But, but that was pivotal for me because I made a decision and I made a choice to like step up and like, not let myself go through that, that piece. God was really watching me there. So that helped because I was able to kind of get my life back on track as far as like, it was, it was awful. It was really, really hard. And it was hard for gosh, years. Like I couldn't listen to country music and I like disappointed a bunch of people and it was just hard, but, Mm. and a lot of people, you know, judged me and thought I was pregnant and were just, it was, it was just, I lost a lot of friends, but looking back, it was the best decision I could have made because it obviously led me to where I was. So because of that decision, I, it kind of like, like I said, I kind of jumped from addiction to addiction. And my next thing was I was really good for a while. Like I went to nursing school. Um, I was seeing really close and, you know, seeing really focused. Mm -hmm. And then I met my husband and, and then things kind of started evolving. And I think that kind of jumped to the weight loss aspect. So, and by the way, jumping from addiction to addiction is very common. Yeah. That's very normal for addicts. Yeah. Well, and I think it's just, we are, like I said, we're just grasping at what, what can we, what can we like get to make us feel better? Mm-hmm. What can we get to make us feel a void that we're not? And mind you too, like, I just didn't know. I didn't know how to handle things. I didn't know that I could like, there could be tools in my back pocket that I could use to like help me throughout these different pieces of my life. So when I lost the weight, I was just so desperate. Cause I felt like that's really okay. So, so if it's not food and if it's not men and if it's not my career, right. As like a nurse or whatever. And if it's not 
being skinny, what is it going to be? What is it? Mm-hmm. What is it going to, what's going to bring me happiness? And it wasn't even like the euphoria of, cause I think, you know, and I don't know because I'm not, I've never been an alcoholic, nor have I been like a meth addict or for example, but there is that euphoria, that do- dopamine, but that dopamine was giving me something different as far as just like feeling a joy, like, like, and it wasn't true joy, obviously, right? but uh, hi. But, yeah, a high, a, a feeling of like euphoria, like, oh my gosh, I'm not, like people like me, mm-hmm. you know? So I remember learning about this prescription drug called Phenermine to help you lose weight. And I talked to one of my doctor friends, because I was a labor nurse, and he gave me a prescription, which was crazy because at that point I was still, I was, I had lost the weight with Baylor and I technically shouldn't have been on it because you have to have like a certain BMI. And then I was on it for like a year and a half and you're not supposed to be on it for like more than three months. Wow. And it was like, if I didn't have it and it made me, so I didn't eat. And I, I just, I felt like I couldn't keep control and I didn't have the, I, I, I feel, I, I just felt like I didn't know how to keep the weight off if it wasn't for that. Like, I just felt like I had to have it because I wasn't strong enough or because I was the naturally quote chubby girl unquote. Like I couldn't, like that wasn't what my body really wanted to do. But then I had these people looking at me and seeing this weight that I was and giving me these compliments and saying, oh my gosh, you look so good. And then I was like, well, I have to keep it off. But then the other side, my mom like approached me and was like, I can see your ribs. Like what is going on, Sadie? Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because in the mirror, Corinne, I didn't see that. I did not see, I saw my heavier self. Mm -hmm. And so it made sense for me. And it's funny too, because I have addiction in my family. My uncle passed away because of it. And I, I remember thinking, and and as a nurse, I knew, like I had the education to understand how bad it was for my body to Mm -hmm. not eat or to like give myself this. And prescription drugs are tricky because some people are like, well, it's from a doctor. Right. It's fine. Right. Totally. Or they think, well, because really I could go to any doctor right now and they'd probably give me the same drug. It is very, it's a very common, it's extremely highly regulated. I've done a lot of research just as a nurse and it's highly regulated, but it was really interesting when I talked about it on my Q&A recently so many women were like, oh my gosh, my doctor prescribed that to me. Oh my gosh, I thought I needed to take that. And some people don't feel effects, but that's just how our genetic makeup works, right? Like sometimes things, and that's why like some people are more, have more addictive behavior and blah, blah, blah. But, and it, it made me meaner and it made me anxious and it, but I didn't care because all I wanted was to have the weight off. Right. Yeah. And then it was a breaking point of like, what am I doing this for? Like, why am I doing any of this? And that's when by divine inspiration, literally my sister actually was like, I want you to see a hypnotherapist. And I had never been to therapy before, which is crazy seeing like the different dynamics of my family and what we had all been through and the things I'd gone through, but I just didn't think it was for me. Mm -hmm. And I just thought I have nothing else to lose. If I don't do this, like I'm going to lose my marriage. Like, I don't know if I'll even be living anymore. Like it's just, it just got really scary. Right. So that's kind of where I found peace because I learned that like I could heal myself through hypnotherapy as far as like my, my conscious mind speaking to my subconscious mind and going through different things and, and learning different tools and 
you know, different ways to help heal that. does the self-love fit into this? Yeah. So for me, I think it was like my cure to understand that like, I didn't have to look outside. And I, I, like, I literally, I think some people are like born or maybe, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, environmental thing maybe, or I don't know. But for me, I literally never understood the concept of like being a daughter of God. I never understood the potential that I had. Like I always thought I had to have something else mm-hmm. to make it feel that I was worth, like it, whether it was like uh, straight A's or whether it was a nursing degree or whether it was the way that I looked or what I, you know, yeah. was, was giving to a certain person or vice versa. And then it was like, God wants me to look inside myself. And it, it goes beyond self-love is such an interesting term because first of all, it's like so trendy right now, yes. but also it doesn't even like explain the, the beauty, like the true power but behind it. So, so help me, us understand that. Cause I like, okay. I think, I just feel like when I think of you, I think that like, you're an expert at this. You really have such a deep understanding that so many people are aching for. So help us understand yeah. what that means. So let me go back first a little bit and tell you about hypnotherapy, because I think that that has a whole piece a little bit about like with self-love, because when you really understand, well, actually, let me go here. And this has been interesting because I've shared this a few times and I talk a little bit about this in my course. And it's something that's hard for some people to understand. And that's okay, because a lot of people, you know, have grown up learning different things. But I know this to be true 100%. We our creators, we are made in the likeness of God. And if we really understood that within us, that we had that creator within us, then we would be utilizing that creation and that, and that creator. And and I also believe, and this is a little bit maybe off the book. I don't know. I, I believe that we were put on this earth and I don't, I choose to not see it as, I, I mean, I used to see it as a test a lot, but I choose to actually see it as we were put on this earth and put in these natural men, these, these, imperfect men with egos and with lust and with greed and with envy so that we could learn how to be the best creator, that soul within us, that person within that soul, that creator within us, that's going to eventually be a, a God eventually when we die. And that's what this earth is about is to like really understand how to, it's almost like we have like, and we do, we have this burning light within our souls that are just, it's just trying so hard to get out and it doesn't know how, because we've been told our whole life, or even we tell ourselves that we're not good enough. And, and our soul hears that, but more, more than that, our, our brain does. So we're trying to mesh this soul within us and this body and they're they're They can be constantly contradicting each other. And so understanding that self-love, so self-love stems from really, really deep down understanding your soul, which is why in my courses, I talk about meditation and like chakras and we'll go into that more. But I, I start there because with hypnotherapy, something really beautiful happened. And what happened was once I sat in stillness and the hypnotherapist facilitated me through this process, I was able to pick an emotion that I was feeling. And immediately it was sadness in this particular situation. And then he asked me to remember the very first time I felt sadness. 
And it was like I was transported. And what happened in that moment was I was able to, as a 27-year-old, see my three-year-old self watch her dad pack his bags. And then what happened is I was able to see with an with a adult brain and with my understanding of what happened throughout my life, I was able to talk to that little girl within and use the power within me to heal her. And it's stuff it's it's stuff like this that it's difficult to understand but it's just as powerful as knowing that God is real because God has given us these gifts. God has given us this body and this soul and we are made in his likeness and if we really understood that power that we had within us then our option our our, our life would be so beautiful and it would still be difficult. I mean there's obviously still emotions, there's obviously still hardships. We're on this imperfect earth and we're in this imperfect body but self-love is understanding that we really truly have everything within us to heal ourselves. And then, and then understanding that that relationship within us doesn't have to be anything other than with us and with God. And if we can connect those together, then, then the, the idea of self-love is endless. It's the idea that we are these powerful creators that we can literally create and become whatever we want and heal. I really truly believe that we can heal from anything and we can do it for ourselves. We can do it to ourselves. Wow. Okay. That's, I mean, it's just beautiful to hear you talk about those things and with really too, with the conviction that you have because you've lived through this and because you've found that for yourself. Yeah. So talk to me about how you help other people find that too. And yeah. so sorry, go ahead. The, well, and I, I want to hear more about the meditation piece too, because that's something that I like I feel like we scratched the surface a little bit, but I still want to understand more about the yeah. meditation. Yeah. So when I started thinking about how I could help people, I at first it was like such a sacred experience that I was like, I don't know if I can share this. And then it was interesting because self-love isn't something like of course, it's about embracing who you are. And, but it's more than, it's more than just like embracing your stretch marks. And it's more than just like looking at yourself in the mirror and, and, and thinking that you're beautiful. Like this is life work, which is why self-love doesn't explain it because this is like the work that you're doing and how you help people. And, and even like sharing your story with you and Neil, like, you know, that this isn't, you don't go through a rehab clinic or you don't go through the 12 steps, it's over. I mean, it's like, this is a constant thing, right? Mm -hmm. And with self-love, it's the same thing. And so when I decided to write my course and the evolution of it, I actually, it became more of, a, it became five courses and not one. It actually became a series. So self-love isn't something that you can find like going to a retreat or reading a book or doing one hypnotherapy session. I mean, it it's is work. It is work. Mm -hmm. And it's work every single day. And so what my courses do, and I also understand that like there's clinical work involved too, if it if needs be. What's but what's beautiful about this course is that it takes you through a, a place of navigation and healing within yourself. And it makes you literally like rebuild. So there I I use it as like the analogy of like we have a home within us. And our homes can look different for whoever you are. If you were to look inside yourself, your home maybe could be like really pretty with like pretty white walls and like the perfect like light colored wood floors and 
perfectly placed pictures or it's just a hot mess. Mm -hmm. And what we do with what I do in my series is I rebuild it and I use with a fine, with like a foundation of mount of mindfulness and chakras. And then I do it by healing past trauma or false beliefs with your relationship with food. Everything that you do in your life somehow encompasses self-love. And so then I talk about the power of your mind and I talk about, I go through different challenges, like 30 day challenges for the nutrition one and then the self-love one. And then I added movement because movement is such a powerful release. In fact, there's like science behind different holds that you can do and different relaxation methods you can do in yoga that stretch your fascia, which is your connective tissue in your body. And then that unlocks different repressed memories from your brain. And it's just like a beautiful piece. So it's literally just teaching you how to truly unlock and, and utilize your body. And then what's cool about it is you can take those tools that you learn and utilize them throughout your life every single day. Cause I really like, that's one thing that I am such a huge advocate for is that it starts over every morning. Even before you open your eyes, you have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. So understanding that and having those pieces are so important. And then mindfulness, like you said, so for mindfulness. So, so to answer your question, how I help people, because people ask like, how, where do I start? And I can't answer that in a DM, you know, like there's just no way. Right. So that's why I wrote, it was interesting, Corinne, because I was writing my postpartum fitness course and that had a lot of like self-love in it as well. But I very clearly heard the spirit tell me like, you have to stop what you're doing and write your self-love course. Hmm. And it took me seven months and it was it was interesting because I was going through some really interesting, intense things with my family that I was not expecting to. And it was God saying like, I need to refine you even more if you're going to be the one that's going to be writing this. Wow. And I'm just an instrument. And I, I mean, there were very, it was one of the hardest years of my life. And it was a lot of a personal, like, like I said, family things. And yet I was like, and I had so many, so many times I wanted to quit, but I was like, you know what, if I can keep going, and push through this. Like, I know it's going to be really, really wonderful for so many people. And that's why it kind of evolved, like I said before, to that five course thing. And, and it became a beautiful thing. And what's interesting is when I was first writing it, I had like these introduction pieces and one of them was mindfulness. And I was just going to talk a little bit about it, right? Because I also have guided meditations where I guide you through understanding because meditation can be hard for a lot of people, just the concept of it. And also like the false beliefs behind it, because a lot of people don't know how it aligns with them and their religious perspectives or whatever it is. So, so going into that, as far as mindfulness goes, meditation is beautiful because meditation is nothing but a single point of concentration. And all you're doing is connecting with your higher self, with your soul within yourself. And there's many different ways, like so many different ways to meditate. Mm -hmm. And there are some times when I'll meditate and I'll pray to God and then I'll, and then I'll stop my prayer and I'll listen. Yeah. I, I totally subscribe to that too. And interestingly, I don't know if you've done, have you ever done the steps, Sadie? So I haven't done all the steps. No, I've read through all of the steps. Okay. Cause it's totally different than doing the steps, but, um, I just asked that because that's one of the steps is to do meditation. And so I guess for Mm -hmm. anyone who might be a member of our church, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who might be listening to this and thinking like, I wonder if that's in line with gospel principles. You kind of alluded to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's actually one of, so, um, our church took the 12 steps and kind of rewrote them with 
with Savior and with Heavenly Father incorporated into each step. And still in step 11, you do like daily meditation and seek to know the Lord's will. So it's definitely a big part of um, what we believe in too. So yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And there's different quotes about different prophets praying and pon- and we talk about, we talk about pondering all the time, mm-hmm. which is just for meditation. For sure. And I think people just get like, I think, I really do think a lot of people on this earth are just desperate to make sure that they're doing the right thing. And so when something like this happens or when they feel a certain way, maybe they feel, I think shame comes up a lot, which is, you know, just evolves and just makes it worse. It waterfalls that, that self-worth even, even further down. And, and I think so many people think like, why am I feeling depressed or why am I feeling anxious? And that in a sense is a lack of self-love. And so understanding. Yeah. And that's why, I th- that's why I think like self-love is such a hard word because it it's more than that. It's like understanding your mental wellness. Mm-hmm. It's understanding like how to, it's really just how to like handle life because life's hard and that's okay because you'll have tools for it. Right. So, so mindfulness is wonderful because it's, it's one of the hardest things we can do for us as adults. I think a lot of adults, whether they understand it or not have ADD <laughs> and they, whether they think that in order to do things, in order to accomplish, they need to be going and moving and hustling and and serving and doing and all these different things. And within those moments, what are we missing when we don't sit still, when we don't allow ourselves peace? Because that's when our minds can communicate with us the most, our minds and, and God. When we slow down our central nervous system, when we force ourselves to sit in stillness, force ourselves to be uncomfortable and be okay with discomfort because that will be the only way we can grow. If we understand that discomfort is a key to our growth. And once we- So good. Can we put that on a quote? Like a quote board? (laughs) So good. It's something I talk about a lot when I do like yoga events because that yin yoga that I talked about where it releases your, it stretches your fascia, it is so uncomfortable. And yet we want to, and that's what yoga has been so pivotal. That's why I part it, put it part of my course because you want, I want, I can't tell you how many times I wanted to run away screaming from my mat because I felt so uncomfortable. And it's different in meditation. When you sit there, you are uncomfortable because you're, and interesting, how, why? Why are we uncomfortable with our thoughts? Why are we uncomfortable in stillness? What is it that, that our minds are trying to tell us? What oh, is man. it that God's trying to tell us? I know it's probably just because we're so used to sitting in front of like some type of screen or some type of something mm-hmm. that's moving our brain a million miles a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and when it moves that much, how are we even supposed to grasp onto a single thought or a single situation or a single inspiration? Or how are we supposed to listen to God? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So when, so mindfulness is so pivotal and so many so many women, so many men, so many adults just think, I don't have time. It's not for me. And I think there are so many studies. It like decreases the gray matter in your brain and it increases the oxygen in your body. And so with mindfulness, it's a, it's a beginning step because then you're able to finally just sit mm-hmm. with yourself. And then with my guided meditations, I guide you through different things to release. So like I said, the single point of concentration is not like that could even be like your breath. That could be on a guided meditation where you're listening. As long as you're keeping still, that could be, I mean, it's hard because moments like when I meditate in stillness and in, and in like silence, 
I'll have thoughts come and then I have to like let them go like with the ocean waves, right? So it's like waves of an ocean and that kind of happens throughout all of that. And it's amazing what has happened, what has come to me, the clarity that I feel. And then when you couple that with maybe certain breathing techniques, I talk a lot about different breath techniques in my chakra course, which is so cool because our breath, our pranayama, that's the word for it in Sanskrit, which literally means like life force. It's like our greatest, one of our greatest gifts we've ever been given, our voice and our breath. Mm. Our breath obviously helps us so that we can create our voice. And it's incredible the power it has when you use it in different ways or when you even utilize it and you do different breathing techniques and how it can help and serve. And I mean, that goes, that it's like, this is just like a rabbit hole down, like healing different aches and pains in your body and what emotion, like, and that's what chakras teach is trapped emotions from false beliefs, from shame, from trauma, different aches, maybe like an, a, a knee ache, or maybe even people have, um, research has shown tumors or even just different illnesses because we don't release, because we allow those emotions to, to, to stay and to keep that wound open, even if we don't even realize it. So going to the inside first and healing that, and then just understanding the power that we have. We just have no idea. We have no idea our potential. And that's really where like self-love comes is like understanding just how incredible we are and not just our bodies, because there's a huge piece of that, right? Like the physicality part is so vital. And I think it's so important, but that is just a piece, like understanding our souls and how powerful that is and connecting those together, truly connecting our soul and our body together. Like you just can't be stopped. Yeah. But you got to do it first. No one's going to tell you, right? Right. I love what you said about breath. I think it's really, it is really interesting to think about like how miraculous the human body is. And I wish I could find the quote, we'll put it in the show notes, but there was this recent speech given at BYU called Stand Forever by Lawrence Corbridge. Did you hear that? No. Oh my gosh, it's incredible. We'll put it in the show notes, but there's a part where he talks about, he talks about people having like a crisis of faith, but basically the part that I wanted to touch on is he talks about how people want to debate like whether Christ actually performed these miracles of like healing the blind man. And he's like, how about we just focus on the fact that it's a miracle that you can see that you have an eyeball that mm-hmm. that computes things and so what you it just made me think of that when you were talking about breath and how our like just our bodies in general are such miracles and just so many of the functions that we take for granted are a miracle in and of itself so well i think i like the actual definition of enlightenment is always questioning and I think people misinterpret that because they question things that shouldn't be questioned. Meaning I'm not going to waste my life questioning how I breathe. Like I'm not going to waste my life questioning how God healed the sick because I'm going to, I'm going to use my life and understand question. What can I do? Like I'm going to utilize what I can do as far as knowing that there is no bounds to what I can do. And so understanding and switching, it's all about perspective, right? Totally. And if we- understood our potential, then we wouldn't be questioning what shouldn't be questioned. Yes. Question how our brains are working or how our blood is pumping. Cause that's a miracle or how babies are born. Hi, that's a miracle. <laughs> so true. It's, it's questioning what's, what, what you can do to add to your 
life. Yeah. And you do have a really cool perspective on that too, being a labor and delivery nurse, watching that miracle of life come about. Okay. I want to, and speaking of birth and children, I want to just touch too, before we wrap this up on kids and I've seen the videos on Insta stories of kids doing these meditations that you have. And I think that's like what, what a neat gift that you could give to your children and to so many other people's children. So I just want to know what you teach your children, what you think the other moms who are listening to this or dads could be teaching their children and, and what we can focus on to give that to our kids because it really so much of this starts there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think when I was going through this, I was so blinded. And then I, it was interesting because really around the same time I was finding my answers, my daughter uh, developed severe anxiety and I was like, how am I going to help her? Like, what am I going to do? And then I thought, oh my gosh, this starts with our kids. Like if we can give them these tools now and understand, give them the power that they can, that they don't have to feel, first of all, that they don't have to feel bad for feeling mad or angry or upset. Like those are actual hormone releases in our brains and then understanding that they have the choice to let that overtake their bodies or not. And I started with mindfulness. So I started with these guided meditations and they just went crazy. And it was the most humbling, beautiful thing to see these little kids all around the world use these meditations to love themselves, to hold themselves and hug themselves and stuff. And so it, I actually am just in the ending. I, I just finished the proofs of the worksheets for my kids self-love course. And so what it does is just like my self-love course, it's way more than self-love. It's awareness and it's teaching them inside like more about their bodies and parents can start by listening. Like communication is key and understanding that kids, their brains are not developed. Their prefrontal cortex specifically, the literally the piece of our brain that helps them communicate on whether or not things are like extreme or not. That's why they, that's why they lash out. And so for us to understand that we, that for, first of all, that, and then give them tools of, and the same tools, like we are, we are simple creatures really. And if you are struggling with something and mindfulness and meditation helps you, man, it'll help your kids. And I think a lot of times we think, oh my gosh, our kids can't do that. They won't sit still. That is not the point. Like I do these meditations driving in the car. I'll have them on when I'm cooking dinner. Isn't that the best when they're in the car, they're strapped in. It's like, where are you going to go? Totally. (laughs) There's nothing you can do. (laughs) And what's beautiful is just like they catch on to so much more than we realize. And And they recognize what feels good. Yeah, totally. And, And I think like that was just such a huge piece for me understanding like, oh my gosh, this is my next journey. Fitness can wait. Apparently my courses on fitness can wait. Because yeah. I was I was like, oh, so we recorded a 14-day kids course and it has a puppet and a, and a panda and it's mm-hmm. really fun. It's for kids like two to 12 and it has worksheets with it, like drawing worksheets and different things that they can do. And so that's exciting. I should be releasing that in a couple weeks. That's so. so cool. I mean, that makes so much sense to me, Sadie, that you would feel called to do that more than anything else. I mean, if God is in the business of saving souls, then, you know, yeah. if he can use you for that yeah, and helping people work out, I mean, it makes sense to me that he would maybe want you to prioritize, you know, yeah, helping people find their true sense their of self. self. Yeah. Totally. I think Corinne too, it was like my ego. I think a lot of this is my ego because I 
like I'm a, I'm a yoga teacher and I'm teaching yoga to kids. I had that part. That's part of my kid's course. And so it all intertwines, but like, even the fact that like, I don't post a lot of workout videos anymore. It's like, okay, am I going to still be considered this thing? It's like, it's those triggers, right? That we have to like really hone in on and darn ego. We all have darn ego. Yeah. So, and that's another thing too, I wanted to point out and that you were probably going to ask this too. Like I, I think, I think there's a lot of pressure for people that are public figures or motivational speakers, or I mean, Brene Brown or Oprah, or even Gabby Bernstein, like people see them as like these complete souls who knows all the answers. And I'm not saying I'm on that, I'm not, I'm on that playing field, but I, I tell people all the time, like, this is an everyday work. Like I am never going to be, I'm never going to have all the answers for sure. Yeah. You know, I just have to take one day at a time and understand that, like, I'm still in the fight and I will keep fighting. I'll keep fighting because I know I have a voice and I want to change millions. So, yeah. It's inspiring. So awesome to hear that. Okay. So, wrapping up, since this is Mint Arrow Messages, what is your, what's your driving last message that you want to drive home that you want people to walk away with if you're if there's nothing else that they remember from this what's the one message you want people to remember that they are capable of absolutely anything that they need to keep fighting that they aren't alone and that they have a fire within them that is still burning that there is a candle inside them that will never go out that there is a soul within them that wants to be their best selves. And if you are questioning and if you are doubting and if you are worried and if you are nervous, you're not alone. And like I said before, like one day at a time, take one day at a time and understand like you have everything within you to be exactly what you want to be. That's it. Oh, and they're never too much and always enough. I always say that. That's my favorite phrase. So good. <laughs> it, I, I was tearing up especially the part where you said, just keep fighting. I just, that's been such a theme for us this year because Neil's brother who passed away in January, he just, he used to always say that fight your fight. And yeah, everybody's got a fight to fight. So I love it. Thanks for sharing so much wisdom with us today. Where can people find you if they're loving what they're hearing? If they're like, I need this in my life, my kids need it. Where, where can they find it? Yeah. So just go to on Instagram. I'm simply Sadie Jane. And then you can go to simplycityjane.com and you can click the link, you can click on the shop and it's all right there. If you even want to just like immediately email support at simplycityjane.com and they can hook you up with all the different meditations and it's all right there. So awesome. Thanks so much, Sadie, for taking the time to be with us today. I just love you. Thank you, Corinne, for being a light. I just have to say you are such a light and you are such a fighter and I look up to you so much for that. And I think you are a really beautiful soul who are, who's doing so much good work. And I'm just so grateful to call you my friend. Mm, likewise. Thanks, girl. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode. 